I'm Kyle McNulty, and you're listening to Secure Ventures, the show that follows cutting-edge founders in the cybersecurity space to understand their plights, glories, and revolutionary products. With me in this episode is Modi Jacob. Modi is CEO and co-founder at Surf Security, which is building a secure browser to fundamentally change the way security is delivered for SaaS applications. Before Surf, Modi was a three-time CISO for companies across telecom, financial services, and tech. His career in cybersecurity now spans an incredible 25 years, and it all started when he joined NetVision as an ethical hacker back in 1996. Surf Security came out of stealth in late 2022, and they're making waves in the secure browser space, which saw significant traction over the year, in part due to talent security winning the RSA Innovation Challenge competition back in May. In the episode, we discuss everything from their competitive advantage, the short-term demands of customers, and the long-term dreams Modi has for secure browsers. Unsurprisingly, those dreams involve AI. Modi, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for inviting me, Kyle. Pleasure to meet you. Tell me a little bit more about your background and, and how you arrived at Surf and, and really the transition to a founder, because you'd been a CISO, Chief Information Security Officer, for I think it was 12 or 13 years, since 2008, across a whole host of different companies. What made you want to take the leap to the other side, selling to the same folks that had sat in your seat previously? Uh, I was a practitioner almost all my working life. <laughs> so in, in the last, it's actually more than 14 years, I, I was a security expert and also a CISO uh, of various startups to large corporate. And always, you know, my biggest challenge was to reduce the attack surface. This is the work of every CISO and my other fellow CISO is doing. And in order to do your work well, there is enormous amount of security tools that you need to be aware of. And there is a sheer number of security products that you need to be uh, deploying if you want to get um, a real effective coverage uh, of this challenge. And when I was a CISO, many times I saw that, you know, in some organizations, how they treat security or what is their approach to security uh, was different. And I was thinking is there might be another way. I can give you an example in some organization, you know, um, they want to be agile, they want to be productive, and they say security become a blocker. Or is security really slow us down? And of course that in some companies, especially the executive was thinking that there is a trade-off between agility and security. And I am as a security expert was always trying to find a solution uh, to this requirement or to any kind of uh, uh, mention or approach in order to work with the company and the corporate uh, policy. And uh, me and my co-founder Ziv, Jankovic. We were working together in uh, Next that was acquired by CME Group in 2018. And we were thinking what is the right chalk defense powerful point that we can collapse all the security stage and tools into one power control point. And we think that browser is this point. And, you know, in the last 10 years, many more companies are moved to web applications because they wanted to be more uh, agile and they wanted us to reduce cost, so they uh, created more web apps uh, instead of uh, local native applications. So the browser become the main tool that is being used 
by an enterprise user. But when you look at this, the, the, when they design the consumer browser like Microsoft Edge or Google Chrome, they didn't think about the enterprise user. They were thinking more about consumer and about web streaming and about advertisement and tracking. So we were thinking that if you consolidate all of these security controls into one single point, this can give us a significant advantage to CISOs, to my peers, to security experts in many areas. One of them is, for example, reducing the, the cost. Uh, second is simplicity. And also we can give a better coverage of the solution. So we created a zero trust solution without a proxy, without a service, directly in the endpoint. So that's what uh, created me. And then we were talking with more than uh, 150 CISOs and security leaders, uh, part of CyberKino Group uh, here in the UK. And we asked them about what they think about that kind of solution. Uh, we got the blessing and we started to create uh, Surf. So you mentioned this trend in terms of more applications moving to be web applications over the last decade or so and, and how that's changed just the, the footprint of some of these different organizations and, and more emphasis on the browser. But why do you think it, it took so long for folks to adopt this strategy of building secure browsers focused on enterprise? Because it feels like just over the last really year and a half, maybe even less than that, year and a half, two years, that this idea has gained a lot of additional traction, but it shouldn't necessarily be something that's completely novel because there hasn't been anything revolutionary in just the last two years. What do you think was was stopping some previous ideas from, from gaining more traction? So there definitely was a several mix of several elements. First, and I think that this is the most one, is that Chromium become the standard uh, of browser today. Also Microsoft, they teach the Explorer, uh, some people call it the Exploder, and they actually using Chromium as the baseline of the browser. The V8 engine and the Blink engine and the API, they are all the same in Microsoft Edge, Chromium, uh, Chrome of Google, and of course if you have a Tesla car, so also in your Tesla browser and many others. So everybody got used to have and to look on a website in the same way. Uh, technology perspective, it was not possible to do something like this uh, two years ago because the technology was not there. There were companies that raised money and tried to build a whole set of enterprise browser, but it was much struggle for them because they were still dependent uh, on Chromium that most of its source code is being donated by Google Chrome. And I think that only now, since 2019, uh, the capabilities of companies and startups to create a Chromium-based browser uh, that is independent and not uh, having any kind of dependency on uh, Google uh, came into effect. Um, and people got used to see the web browser like it's today. If, if our clients opening today serve browser, they have the same look and feel like their own consumer browser. And it looked the same. The only thing that it's have is two areas. 
first, it's identity driven. That means in order to use the browser, in order to access company resource, they need to authenticate. They need to identify themselves inside the browser, the username, password, the MFA, etc. The other thing is from security perspective, uh, we have several limitations and even more capabilities that we are adding to the browser in order to make the whole session much more secure. And by doing so, we are actually taking the browser, which sometimes was the weakest link uh, because people use it uh, in order to download malicious uh, stuff or by mistake uploading information or if you drive by download and other vulnerability that exists inside the browser. And we transform it to be um, a security tool, a first line of defense. And, you know, if you have distributed workforce, especially what happened during the corona, but still, you know, hybrid workers still happening today and still need to access company resource today, uh, we can al allow and give them a good solution. So you mentioned how some of these traditional consumer browsers maybe underappreciated the importance of enterprise and, and some of the different features that these secure browsers like Surf have been emphasizing now. I mean, how do you think these major players like the Edge and Chrome teams are going to respond to this trend? How do you prepare for that? So Google already had an enterprise solution uh, and Microsoft we probably will also have uh, something in this area that will be part of their uh, offering. Uh, I was working with both of these companies in the past and I think that for going into the market and creating a good solution, it will probably will take them more time in order to achieve it. Some of these uh, features that exist inside the browser are definitely security and both Google and Microsoft are very good companies and they create a very good product, but they are not security companies. Some of the information that we have is, you know, in code that we put inside, like content disarm and reconstruction of the code and or DLP or other solution, it might be uh, interfered with their offering to the clients. I don't see that, for example, one of these two any of these two is actually going to block advertisements by default or preventing cookie for tracking because part of their offering and their golden egg is actually to track users and to give them advertisement. So um, I don't see that they will go uh, directly to this area. Uh, other things that we have and we have fully supported, for example, the extension and we are fully supporting the Chrome store uh, so user can continue downloading extensions, but we allow the company to manage it. Uh, so by this way, that's the easy low-hanging fruit that these two companies can uh, help and you know put more regulations and more uh, procedures and more security uh, into their own extension store that they have today. Right. So you mentioned how there are these bigger companies that are slower to react and that's going to be slower to, to develop this end product. And, and they already have a kind of core business offering that they maybe don't want to, to threaten. But there's also several other startups that have come out in this space that are, are doing something somewhat similar, at least. So what was it 
that you saw that you said, oh, this is why we're going to be able to do it better or faster based on your own experience? So as a security expert myself, um, you know, when you are buying a software or you're buying a security product, uh, privacy comes in odds of security because there is a budget for security, but for privacy, it's nice to have. And, you know, we want to create to have much security as a security and security people. We want to have much security in the enterprise. And we want to have productivity of the employees, but we also want to give them a secure environment. And what we wanted to build now, and this is something that no other company have, is security, but with the zero compromise of the privacy of the users or the employee. And if you can give it to them, a security product that allow you to manage every aspect of the browser without damaging the privacy or the productivity of the employee, there is no other enterprise security product that talk to the employees like us. So based on that, that kind of premise, right, the whole idea of security monitoring is essentially monitoring the activity of employees within the organization in order to understand when there might be potential security breaches. So let's say an account is compromised and there's a malicious user that's actually masquerading as that legitimate account. There has to be some level of security monitoring, at least in traditional thinking, that's able to detect that. If you're saying you want to have absolutely no privacy compromise in exchange for that that full security, how does the general concept of security monitoring factor into that belief system? We use the latest protocols in order to monitor sessions. So the session monitored locally uh, on the endpoint and some messages are sent uh, into uh, uh, and the policy that is actually downloaded into the, into the endpoint. Now, when, for example, you mention a session that is violating the policy or an access that being done by a hacker, uh, we allow today to have a kill switch feature, which mm. is actually disconnecting the user, not only from the place that he authenticated, but from any other uh, web service that he is authenticated. We are actually revoking the certificate to any of these websites. So even if the hacker is still authenticated and we're able to access a specific web application, if we are cutting the, uh, the certificate itself uh, and we are revoking it, he will not be able to access it. And that's a problem that many organizations were struggling because uh, sometimes the token was still valid even after they disabled the account. So the hacker will continue accessing these SaaS services uh, without the company notice. Interesting. It makes sense in terms of that slightly more, let's say, strict approach to session management, where it, rather than looking at every single packet in depth, you're saying, uh, let's look at the overall signs of malicious activity and then just kill the session if it meets some threshold. Is that essentially the right thinking there? Yeah, as I see so myself you sometimes receive a huge amount of alerts and a huge amount of uh, logs from the company. Companies that deploy and most of the companies I used to work had a SIM solution. 
which aggregate all the logs and trying to give uh, some insights to the security analyst that is running them. They call SOC, Security Operations Center. And there was there is a term that called alert fatigue, which is too many logs arrive into one system. So it's actually and very easy. The people are going and investigate phishing or uh, installation or access to a website, uh, which is taking much of the resources and time. And one of the key area that we put attention when building SURF is about prevention and not only about detection. So we are able to prevent it where it happened. And 80% of the attacks on the endpoints happen actually on the endpoints. So uh, we succeed to block all the attacks that come from web threats outside, from a website, for example, and inside if the machine is infected we are actually also able to encrypt and contain everything that is related to the company. Hmm. I want to dive more into the, the kind of overall feature set of SURF and how some companies are, are starting to apply some of the capabilities in practice today. But I want to touch on one last piece of the competitive landscape before we get there, which is we talked about the larger players. We talked about your positioning and some of what makes you different compared to competitors in terms of the, the real emphasis on privacy. I mean, how do you think about the race that comes with competitors when it's looking to consume market share in this largely new product category? How important do you think funding versus technical talent versus vision or any other factors how important do you think each of those are in, in playing into who comes out on top in this sprint, essentially? In the end, good product sell. <laughs> yeah. And it's about how you create a value to your customer. And in many cases, and I, I like to say it, competition is just a noise. And you meet them generally, mostly with VCs, uh, when you are raising funds, but after you raise funds, in most of the cases, yeah, I was a CISO myself when I was trying to evaluate a solution or choose solution. I always did uh, kind of um, um, check and POC with several solutions and whatever worked best for me. One solution, choose one uh, specific solution that fit to them. The other, they have a different use case, a different scenario, a different company way and they choose additional all the solutions are pretty good uh, but they just fit to another company the total addressable market that exists today with the secure enterprise browser is pretty huge because it's going to the bring your own device area to the vdi area and to uh, some kinds of SaaS security applications um, that is also exist there and because it have a huge total addressable market, we will see more and more companies that are using this advantage, using this open source platform of Chromium and building on top of this as solutions that will fit many organizations. So I think that the competitive landscape, it's good to have. It's good that other companies in this market raised uh, uh, a nice handsome uh, amount of uh, money it means that there is a good product market validation but for the CISO itself in the end of the day 
he is looking for a solution that solves a problem that he have or a risk. He wants to reduce his attack surface. And there we are coming. And I was in the CISO shoes. Uh, I was there. I'm speaking to them today as a peer, trying to solve the problem that I had as a CISO. And surf security is definitely a solution that when I was a CISO uh, in big organization or in small organization, that was a solution that I was dreaming of because it combined a set of CASB, DLP, anti-phishing, extension management, content disarming, and all of this into one single tool. It's make my, the life of CISOs much or much easier. It's a perfect segue because I completely agree with you that there's a, a massive market for this type of tool, right? I mean, if you think of all of the different enterprises that could potentially benefit from a completely new browser, it's incredible to think about the, the ramifications of that for securing these organizations, as well as just the, the budgets of these various CISOs. But it's also interesting because looking at the list of feature sets that are described by all these various secure browser platforms, it's hard to pinpoint which of them are actually being used in practice today. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts. When you go in and deploy Surf for a client, a customer, what are the, the first features that they actually turn on? So not the features that they might benefit from two or three years down the line, but is it really relying on some of the more like DLP functionality, like blocking attachment downloads natively within the browser? What does that look like? We actually have to, uh, the first one is to give admin rights to developers. Today, more and more millennials and our developers, they are working in many organizations that have a very strict policy for security, like banks and financial services. And these companies by the security policy and by regulation, they don't allow them to do many stuff. They don't allow them to browse to a specific website. They don't allow them direct access to the internet, etc. And what we are giving them these capabilities to give to these users, to these developers, admin rights locally on their own laptop or their own machine or the corporate machine. And using this, they have more capability to use uh, another browser like Chrome or Edge or Safari and browse the internet for their private stuff and use Surf only for work. So that's the first thing is generally we are, we are there. Like there is company, especially it's coming from the CIO and they want to bring a solution that is still secure, still keep the, the employee privacy, but allow these new employees, these very talented people to have access to the internet without any boundaries directly from the browser and they if they need this thing uh, in order to stay in the same workplace uh, the other area that we are seeing as uh, a good use case is the replacement of vdi the difference is when vdi or rbi solution you open your browser and then you need to connect to additional server you need to authenticate there and then you access uh, other resources uh, and then it's create an isolation because everything is done on the remote server and you are just looking on the service itself or the website itself from your browser. The difference in a secure enterprise browser is that you can do everything locally from your browser. 
That's mean you access from your browser directly the website, but we are giving you the same airdrop security and the same defense level uh, that you will achieve if you were using VDI or RBI solutions. So the technology changed. And again, a few years ago, you couldn't do it. VDI was flourishing 10 years ago, RBI five, six years ago. So today the technology allows you to do it locally. And what's the real benefit that the customer recognizes in that example? Because from what you just described, it sounds like they're getting the same security controls, essentially this separate environment via technology. But it seems like the, the key emphasis is likely on maybe usability, so ease of connection, or the speed because you no longer have to go over a separate network to make these connections. So as a CISO, as a, as a buyer thinking about making this change, what is it that, that you're doing to convince me that, hey, this is important for securing my organization, not just improving the, the quality of life of the individuals who work within it from a, a speed and usability standpoint? First, first, improving the quality of life of employees is a good thing. The second thing is that we can actually replace a lot of tools that the company, uh, security tools that the company is using, like VPN, like ZTNA solution, like Casby solution, like DLP, like Secure Web Gateway and VDI, of course. And we simplify for the security manager or the security expert, the CISO, the security stack. And by doing so, just by instead of managing 10 or seven products. In some organization, they have 100 security tools and product inside their security stack. So we help them to reduce this amount and using it to reduce the attacks, attack surface of the enterprise or corporate security. And by doing so, they are actually enhancing the security uh, because we can provide them um, first accessing. When we built Surf, we were thinking, about better connecting between users and web apps. So we can, because we created this Enterprise Zero Trust browser, we can observe every interaction between the user and the application without damaging the privacy. We can enable a complete visibility and control uh, in a grain level of per user, per group, or per all the company and we can allow them to access the application and they can access it whenever they want, like from any device, it can be a mobile device, it can be a PC, etc. So while doing so, I think that they, it's a win-win for both sides. It's uh, a CISO love it because it gives you the capabilities of collapsing several security solutions into one, consolidating the security stack, make it easier for you, saving you money, saving you cost, saving you time. And users love it because it gives them the same experience that they have in a consumer browser and save them the need to authenticate to SaaS services, save them the need to authenticate and work with VDI, and they feel much safe. I can give you, for example, uh, most of the security solutions are based on, uh, for anti-phishing capabilities, are based on reputation list. But what if the website is not in the reputation list? We are able to do so because we are the browser. We are able to control everything that is input and everything that is coming ingress or egress inside the browser. 
So we can define a list of websites automatically that the user need to put his company credential. So even if, if the user click on a phishing link, when he will try to put his company credential there, we will not send, him, send it because it's, it's not inside the policy. So we created the list of capabilities just based on input or keystrokes that the user is actually putting in order to access something. So it gives the user the capability and understanding, hey, someone is safeguarding me. So even if this website is malicious and I click on it and I was uh, learned to put my uh, company credential into it, I will still get blocks, okay? Hmm. Okay, so you've described this immediate term benefit suite of mostly kind of separating these various environments, the more midterm replacing some more of these different tools that exist in an organization today and saying, hey, now Surf becomes your one-stop shop for all these various tools that you used to have, which just simplifies the environment, makes users' lives easier. Do you have a longer term, let's say dream, in terms of some functionality that you think could possibly be incorporated into secure browsers, but just isn't within reach today? Yes, just, you know, if you were playing in the last few days with the chat uh, GPT, uh, yep. so, and you see these capabilities. So if we can create an interactive between the user and security team, and to have some kind of capabilities that can automatically learn from what user is required, and also automatic can supply answer in natural language processing to the end user, like the chat, uh, uh, the new chat allowed, the, all the bot chat allowed, I think that can be a very good uh, uh, thing to have. Another thing that, of course, that it's on our roadmap is more automation. So if you can do more automation with the browser, if there is a specific task that you, for example, someone in the finance department is always doing in the end of the month, so we can allow them to record uh, such kind of behavior and automatically run these macros directly from the browser without need to install any other extension. So we want to make the life of both of the employees, but also the security uh, much easier. So implementing AI and other trends, that, that might be a very good um, way. Uh, and it's on our roadmap. Uh, to implement machine learning, AI, and other capabilities. Everything that can create better interaction between the end users, uh, the contractors, the employees, and the security team, and can reduce the amount of work that they need to do, uh, that this is welcome. Yeah, it's a fascinating statement because with so much attention to, to chat GPT over the last yeah. handful of days here, I, just the various ways that this can impact our industry and, and every industry to the fact that, again, you're already considering that from a secure browser lens of how to potentially interact with that sort of technology in the future. It's somewhat mind boggling in terms of all the various use cases that that potentially opens up in the future. 
So Modi, really appreciate yeah. your time here, just giving the, the rundown on the secure browser market, uh, Surf's positioning, how you're approaching this market and, and the innovation that's, that's available in this space here. Ceremonial last question for you. Are you currently looking for investment or hiring? And noting that you just came out of stealth in the last quarter of 2022, uh, how does that, that leave your positioning today? So we are well funded. We have enough money to the runway. We received money from the leading um, VCs uh, in the US Valley. Uh, so we, are, we have enough runway for everything that we aim and to expansion in the future. Uh, we are currently hiring people uh, in the US and also in our offices uh, in Tel Aviv and in London uh, for specific business and support and sales engineer positions. So if someone is now listening to us and looking to work in a very hyperscale startup, um, more than happy to approach me directly on LinkedIn and we can talk about. And especially we were looking for people that will join our journey, that have this experience in security and that they really want to build something and be part of a journey of a company, of a startup that really want to protect the employees to protect them in the office, to protect them when they work remotely or protect them in, in hybrid work workforce. So we really want to be there and to hire people that will join us that have the same perspective and same overview. And everyone that we hire until now today have shared the same values and the same, the same vision like me, myself and my co-founder Ziv Jankovic. Perfect. Well, again, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate all the insight. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can write to me at kyle at secureventures.io. I'm Kyle McNulty and you've been listening to Secure Ventures.